0: you're listening to campus review radio to register for our upcoming higher equity summit examining the various barriers to equality in higher education visit campusreview.com.au and follow the links to higher equity summit
1: obviously the news that your university has been named as one of the rising stars in higher education by firetale is good news from your perspective. Hmm. So in your opinion, what needs to be done within Charles Darwin University to maintain this upwards trajectory?
0: So I think there's a whole range of things that we've targeted. We've just released a new strategic plan, and in that plan we took a 10 to 15 year outlook, because it seemed to me in engaging in this dialogue with the university that the sort of traditional short term three year type steps were... uh, That's an important implementation type framework but you've got to have a much broader understanding about where you're positioning in the world given the amount of global change going on and uh, i think for cdu we realized that um, as a young university we want to remain uh, adaptable flexible Um, but i think we've taken a much better understanding of where we sit in the world and you know one of the big key things is not only putting student success front and foremost of how we manage things, but remaining research strong and taking a much greater international outlook as Australia's northernmost university. We're closer to most key Asian markets than we are the rest of Australia, and I think it's for us it's also understanding our position in this region.
1: You touched on it. What is CDU's position in the region, do you think?
0: Well, I think the fact that, as I say, we're the northernmost university in Australia. We're closer to key asian capital cities than we are the rest of the australian mainland cities and uh, australia is making an awful lot about its future engagement from trade and and economic positioning with with asian markets um cdu i think given where we sit in the country ought to be looking north at the opportunities not looking south at the, the domestic competition so we're taking a very strong um, approach to internationalising the university. Uh, international students are a significant part of what we currently deliver um, and I think they will be a significant part of our future but not so much in providing a, a traditional Australian study experience if you like because we're not traditional, we're in a very unique part of Australia um, but I think from an environment, climatic perspective we have a lot of things that are much more comparable to uh, environments from which we're drawing uh, increasing interest from Asian, uh, the broader Asian region students from that area and uh, equally our trade and engagement positions are, are very Asian focused so I think we are trying to position ourselves as, a, as an Australian Asian engaged university.
1: What do you believe the federal government needs to do to maintain the upwards trajectory of young universities in Australia?
0: Well, I, you know, I think there's a very clear position that as the government has been talking up the importance of an innovation agenda, as the government's talking about having to help um, Australia transition an economy from a, a very traditional manufacturing economy to one that is much more information-based into the future, um, education is a significant part of our capacity to manage our workforce development as a nation. And uh, I think it's very clear globally that Um, countries with substantially growing GDPs have a significant commitment to uh, education, investment in in people and growth, and I don't think Australia's any different. And uh, notwithstanding federal budget pressures, I think there's no argument that... uh a strong and continued sustained investment in education and innovation are going to be critical to our future. So that's a very strong message to government.
1: Do you believe a report like this in, into our young universities will help show the world that academic in excellence in Australia isn't just confined to the group of eight?
0: Oh, I, no doubt. I mean, I think we've been showing for some time that, in fact, uh, um, you know, it's very hard when you're comparing a, a university like Charles Darwin University that's got 25 years of uh, of existence, um, and it's it's grown from a very, very small base um, to be, have to, to stand up and rank alongside institutions that have been around for over 100 years and have much, much greater financial and other um, resources to draw upon, um, if we're going to continue to service what we need to, we've got to be flexible, adaptive, innovative, um, but maybe because of our size we can be more responsible for market opportunities than our, our traditional GO8 colleagues, and uh, that's that's part of the opportunity and I think what this report highlights is that uh, when you look at what the world might be trying to deliver in 2030 and the sort of models and the modus operandi that the educational institutions will be having to work to it may well be that some of the the smaller younger innovative universities be challenging some of the more traditional education bastions and uh, Charles Darwin University was Australia's first chill-sector university, so I think you know you see from, from day one that there was a different approach taken with an institution like this and it continues, it got online before many other universities did, so it's had to do a lot of things differently. It was interesting
1: in the report, there was um, a Vice-Chancellor quoted, quoted saying the world would be a boring place if it was just full of Harvard-style institutions, what's your thaw- yeah. what's your thoughts on that?
0: Well, I think that, that's true, I mean the, the, the reality is we're even seeing in students these days, um, if we all did the same thing, why do you need 42 universities? The point is, um, as we move into a globalised world, the challenge has been, I think, the fact that universities can both tailor themselves for the local community, the needs of the communities they specifically service, but with, with new technologies, we are increasing. And that may be not just about what sort of courses we offer, but how we choose to engage our students. And, you know, again, the bigger universities, the more traditional universities in the South tend to be very... Dependent upon school leaver type enrolments, um, Charles Darwin University has a much greater cohort. In fact, of what we would put in the mature age bracket, most of our students uh, are not school leavers. They're uh, they're 25 to 30 plus, and they most of them are, are working and studying part time. It's a very different sort of metric, and therefore there's an example of differentiation.
1: And so, aside from uh, CDU's listing, is there anything else you found interesting in the report?
0: Oh, look, I you know, it's I think it's um, it's. Well, it's i had I had no surprise in terms of the way they were hallmarking institutions that were likely to be game changers. it's It's about being aware of what what is your strategy, do you understand your market? um have you got a long term vision even though you need short term responsive implementation and engagement? Um so I don't think there were too many surprises for me. It was just nice to see a lot of the messages that we've tried to capture for ourselves as an institution over our, the last 12 months as we've crafted a new strategic plan um, being reflected in what people are, you know, in this report are saying these are the sorts of hallmarks that will will signify universities that if they get on and do the job properly, will be, you know, globally changing the, the way we, we look at things by 2030. And it's, it's comforting, I suppose, to feel that some of the messages we scripted for ourselves are being held in, in this sort of a report.